Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Cigars and Syndications. Our goal here at Cigars and Syndications is to smoke cigars, teach you about cigars, and teach you about real estate. Uh, please visit our website at www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources button, and you'll find a lot of articles that are um, going to teach you about, educate you about real estate, as well as you can file, follow us on all the social media. Uh, for today, I am smoking a 1926 series Padron. It's a Churchill. Uh, it's a very spicy uh, start. And uh, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Robbie. Robbie, what do you think about the cigar? I think the cigar is a great choice. Um, it is it is a little bit on the lighter side. Um, has a really good earthy, woodsy um, draw to it. Uh, maybe a little slight hint of cherry. Uh, but a really smooth, really, really excellent smoke. Yeah, so this cigar was uh, released in 2002, and it was released for Jose Padron's 75th birthday. Uh, like I said, this is a Churchill, and it is a little bit of a lighter cigar. It's not a full-body cigar, but, you know, considering, you know, I had a salad for lunch today, so uh, it, the lighter cigar is a little bit better for me. Well, I'm, I'm excited about this smoke today, and, uh, you know, we'll update you here in a little bit on uh, how we're enjoying this, uh, this Padron. Again, it's a, a Padron number one, uh, natural. So today we're going to talk about development, and it seems like um, a lot of people are interested in developing, whether they're developing their multifamily uh, projects or they want to just, you know, uh, build a house from 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 the ground up. And you know, since we have a a pretty extensive background in development, um, we thought that we we would uh, entertain everybody with some of the pitfalls of of development and what they might look out for if they do decide to get into development. Now, there are actually four aspects of development that we're going to cover today. And again, we have an article on uh, www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources button, and there is an article regarding development. So development is broken up into two uh, pieces, the horizontal development, which is all the underground work, uh, the utilities, the land, the right-of-way, the, the entitlement, and then there's the, the vertical. So today we're just going to cover horizontal. And uh, Robbie is going to start off with, uh, because Robbie's the expert in, in all the, the, the development area, much more than I am. Robbie, what do you, what do you see as what people should know about development? Well, with any development, I think you have to you have to start with the land itself. Um, you have to take a really hard look at at the location. Uh, does it suit what you're what you're intending to build there? Uh, is it entitled? Um, are there other challenges that um, that you need to rely on other professionals, uh, such as architects and engineers, to help you work through them? Uh, timing is a, is a huge issue uh, with the land, and and understanding that timing, you know, so that um, you as an investor. Uh, can can understand or, or, or at least have expectations for when you might see some returns. So, Robbie, can you explain a little bit to our audience what entitlement is? A lot of people don't understand what that is. Well, entitlement is the is the process in getting all of the permitting and all of the authorizations from all the jurisdictions to make sure that you can build what you intend to build on a given property. And when you're going through that, what are some of the jurisdictions that might be involved? I know there's sometimes there can be a lot of them. And we live in the city of Houston. Uh, you know, the city of Houston will have its own permitting, but who else can be involved in this? Well, you can get all of your utilities involved. Uh, you have different muds and water line issues. You'll have power issues. 
gas lines, uh, several different uh, jurisdictions and municipalities you'll have to work through to obtain the, the approval you know, prior to construction. Yeah, and I know that uh, some of the times when we actually looked at different pieces of uh, plots of land, there was no water or sanitary available at that plot of land. So what does somebody have to do in that case? Well, in that case, you really have to do your uh, due diligence. Um, you might want to reach out to engineers um, to help you get those necessary approvals. Uh, and, and you want to proceed cautiously. You don't want to make an investment in a property that you don't know the timeline on on getting these approvals because they can hold up your pro- project for months and even years. The other issue uh, that people face is just the land. Uh, and I know where, where we live in Harris County, lots of the land is, is very low lying and we have flood issues. So what are some of the pitfalls that people can run into from a cost perspective alone? Yes. I mean, in 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 the surrounding Houston areas, you have different um, different flood plains uh, that have different requirements. I mean, in in some cases, you can lose up to twenty percent of your surface area to detention for flood control. And not to mention having to raise that land. Sometimes you have to raise it three to four feet just because uh, it's so low that the county is requiring it, and people forget to take that cost into account. Yes, it can be very costly uh, to raise your your property, and in some cases. Uh, in sensitive areas, they will no longer let you bring in new fill. You can only use the fill from the detention that you dig on your own site. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and then the other issue that that comes up with development that people don't realize are is the utilities. Uh, sometimes the utilities are not available, and we talked a little bit about it on uh, on the entitlement section. But you know, utilities could be thousands of feet away, and that could be how you know how costly. Yes, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, a lot of times in, in the case of, of electricity, they'll bring power, but they'll only give you 900 feet. Well, if you're three or 4,000 feet away, you can plan on spending two or $300,000 just to bring power to your site. I know in one project that we were doing, uh, the, the utilities that we had to connect to with the city of Houston, uh, the sanitary line was actually much higher than, than was on the plans. And so, therefore, we had to reroute the sanitary line, and that that was another $50,000. Yeah, a lot of the unforeseen cost, and, and, and it's not even the cost because a lot of times they'll reimburse you if it's their mistake, but time is money, and sometimes it takes weeks and months to get the approvals, even in the event that someone else made the mistake and didn't document it correctly. So I know that uh, the other aspect of development that uh, – people need to consider when they're getting into a project is the right-of-way. Can you can you tell us a little bit more about right-of-way? So, Jay, the, the right-of-way, uh, as it pertains to different projects, is um, how you have access to that particular site. Uh, I know that you had a problem with right-of-way on one of your projects recently. Yeah, uh, this was a, uh, it was actually a gas station that we were developing, and um, the uh, right-of-way, the driveway coming into the gas station coming off of a, 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 an exit ramp off of the tollway, the state of Texas, whose road it actually is, gave us right-of-way access, but the tollway authority denied us right-of-way access because they said that the exit is too close to the, uh, to the driveway and that they felt that cars would wind up getting into accidents 
trying to enter into the gas station. So one of the issues that we had, and they, they actually never gave us that right of way, was that when cars are exiting off of the ramp from the tollway, they they won't they don't have a a driveway to enter into the gas station. They actually have to go around the corner, and then enter from that driveway. Yeah, we've I've seen several several corner uh, sites have similar issues where they were too close to the intersection, uh, and they would not allow for driveways, and therefore your your right of way or access to the property was impeded. And you know, I actually have another story regarding um, the the entitlement portion. You know, uh, when you are are looking at the property and you get the survey of the property, the land, and you're trying to determine whether you want to build something on it or not, it's very important that you look at the survey, you look at the boundaries, and you look at any easements that are inside that land. Um, you know, one of the issues that we had when we were developing a retail center for for a client was that he had a gas line running through the middle of the property. And that gas line was a uh, uh, an active gas line. And so we could not build a structure on the gas line. We could build a parking lot on the gas line. And the gas company actually wanted the sniffers put in so that in the event of a gas leak, they would be alerted from underground that uh, there's a gas leak and they can come in and they can repair that gas leak. Well, that's an added cost. And if you don't know that there's a gas line running through the middle of the property, or you don't know what the requirements are going to be from the gas company, then you're going to be stuck with another $50,000 cost adding sniffers into into the parking lot uh, that you didn't previously budget for. Yeah, I mean, that brings up a really great point. Um, anytime you get involved in real estate deals, I mean, the pay, pay attention to all the detail on your surveys and your plats, understand what stage it's in in the platting process if it has not been platted because sometimes those can take a year 18 months just to get a plat uh and and get it zoned for for your type of project um i don't know that we're we're probably a, almost into the second third of this uh of this cigar jay how are you enjoying this padron you know you can never go wrong with the padron and i have a I have a very interesting story about about padron um right now i'm getting kind of a walnut Walnut flavor in it, uh, a little bit of a little bit of a, a a chocolate. It's still a little peppery, but I'm I'm really enjoying the cigar. Considering I ate very light, and normally you know when you when you smoke a, a full bodied cigar, you want to eat a, a nice meal. You know, I had a salad, like I said, and and this is complementing it really well. Yeah, I'm picking up on on uh, a lot of those same. Uh, uh, I'm getting some good spices, some a little nuttiness, a, a little chocolate. Um, it is a really, a really good smoke, um, super smooth. Uh, and I wouldn't expect any less from, from Padron. Um, what, what story do you have for us for about Padron cigars? So back in December, 2014, uh, I was in Chicago and I attended a event at one of my friends. He owns a, a cigar shop in Chicago called Casa de Monte Cristo. It's in countryside Illinois. And if you haven't been to Casa de Monte Cristo, go see Sammy. The guy knows everything there is to know about cigars. Anyway, they had an event there. It was a Padron event. And so I went to this event and, you know, they basically what they do is they cater food from outside and they pair it with cigars and they paired it with Padron cigars. So I'm sitting over here at this table and I'm eating my steak and a gentleman joins me and he says, hey, how are you? Where are you from? And I said, well, I live in Houston. I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I'm here visiting my family and, uh, you know, 
come here to buy cigars and I came here for the event. And he goes, oh, where do you live? And I said, well, I live in Albany Park uh, on the northwest side of Chicago. And, and he was kind of perplexed. And he said, well, you must pass 100 cigar shops on the way to here. Why do you come here? And I said, well, you know, I really like Sammy. Sammy really knows my palate. He understands the cigars. He understands what I like. He's never wrong. And uh, on top of that, they have these hard-to-find vintage cigars that nobody else has. I mean, you can't buy them anywhere else. Uh, and so, you know, just out of courtesy, I was like, well, what brings you here? He goes, oh, I'm George Padrone. This is my event. And if you've never seen my jaw, jaw drop, I, I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's a good story. <laughs> so uh, I know he probably doesn't remember me, but I do have a photo and we'll put it up uh uh, on our website, or I'll put it up on uh, uh, with this podcast. There is a picture of me and George Padron to show that I actually did meet George Padron. Well, man, Jay, that is that's an awesome story. I can't believe that you actually got to sit down and 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 meet with him and talk to him. And and the best part is, is you had no idea who it was. Yeah, that was a a really good. Uh, that was a very interesting meeting with uh, with George Padron. Um, Anyway, this was, we hope you enjoyed this, this episode of Cigars and Syndications. We talked about horizontal development. There's a lot of terminology. There's a lot of interesting information. There's a lot to know. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll be working on, on vertical development in the future. Uh, Robbie? Uh, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed episode five. Um, hope everybody got a little education and, and hope everybody was uh, lit, lighting up their favorite cigar and enjoying along with us. Uh, hope to see you guys soon. Uh, episode six coming up. Just uh, look us up on uh, albanyparkcapital.com. Leave any comments uh, that you might want to and uh, check out all our social media. Have a good day.